Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Few things are more devastating than a loved one that's gone missing. From Wondery, The Vanished is a podcast where host Marissa Jones tells stories of missing persons that have gone overlooked. She seeks out the real story from friends and family, hoping to help them find their loved ones or at least a sense of peace. Listen to The Vanished podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. A young nurse is bedridden with an unknown illness. She seemed agitated. All she really did was she wanted to sleep. Yet she somehow walks away from her home deep in the woods. It's a big piece of land. It's out of the way where nobody can see you, really. A mysterious note leads her loved ones to fear the worst. I knew that wasn't just a walk. Something was wrong. And family secrets are revealed. We went through the phone records, and you seemed like, well, who, you know, who is this? In the weeks leading up to her disappearance, something had happened. Different theories emerge. Maybe somebody was really angry with her. Maybe she was walking along the road and someone committed a crime of opportunity. But no one can explain how Tammy Kingery could just vanish without a trace. Just knowing anything would be better than knowing nothing. I think somebody knows where she is. Saturday, September 20th, 2014. It's an early autumn morning in the small town of North Augusta, South Carolina. 37-year-old Tammy Kingery is just starting her shift at a local nursing home. Each nurse was responsible for a wing. They would go in the morning and um, care for patients if they had any particular issues. Tammy was... Really a caring individual who loved her people that she took care of. She became very close to her patients and would even speak at their funerals when they would pass away. So she built her life kind of around her work. But as she begins her rounds this Saturday, Tammy gets an odd feeling. She came in that morning and right away was not feeling well. And she begins acting strangely. The people she was working with that day said that she seemed agitated and was repeatedly checking her blood pressure and that it was high and then they were 
trying to get her to calm down because they felt that her agitated state was then making it worse. One of the ladies that worked on the same wing as her, who was a very close friend of hers, said that Tammy got loud, and Tammy doesn't get loud. Tammy recently told her sisters, Becky and Amy, that she hasn't been feeling well lately. Tammy had reached out to us and said that she was not feeling herself. For the past four nights, she had woken up and needed to change her clothes because she had been sweating. I had said that she needed to make sure to go to the doctor. She replied to us and said that she had an appointment for the following Monday. At the urging of a fellow nurse, Tammy calls her husband, Park, who is home with their sons, Carter and Cameron, while their daughter, Caitlin, is at a friend's house. She called me about an hour after she went to work. She said her heart rate was way up. She was dizzy. I needed to come pick her up. I'm like, okay. She was sitting outside on the bench waiting for me to get her. Park came to pick her up, so her car was left at the nursing home. I asked her if she wanted to go see a doctor, and she's like, no, just, we got the appointment Monday. I just want to go to bed, and uh, it'll be all right. So I drove her home. You know, the kids were in the living room, and she went into the bedroom, changed out of her nursing clothes, put some pajamas on, and went to bed. Park tells the boys to let Tammy rest. It's a tall order. The kids all love to be around their mom. She's the centerpiece of the family, which is all she's ever wanted. Park and Tammy moved to South Carolina in 1998 after meeting and marrying in Northwest Indiana, where they both grew up. She was just so nice <laughs> all the time, even as a child. We shared a room, not because we had to, but because we wanted to. We kind of started out just the two of us at first, and then um, Tammy would beg my parents to have a baby. And when my mom told us that she was having a baby. I, I distinctly remember Tammy saying, oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how I got to be such a fortunate mother, but all my children were so good and well-behaved. When Tammy was in high school, she had a, um, an after-school job. It was like a kind of a drugstore. I was a stock boy, and one Saturday morning we had a store meeting. All of a sudden, you know, it was time to leave, and she stood up, and I was like, who is that? We just started talking. We enjoyed hanging out, and it just progressed from there. I think that they were good together. He's nice and quiet, and they seemed a good match. I got to know him pretty well before they got married. I think she was 19 or 20. And I remember planning the wedding with her, and I was her maid of honor. It was a beautiful wedding in a beautiful church. Shortly after they were married, Park got a job offer in South Carolina. It was kind of sudden, uh, but they came down, and she just, she loved it here. Tammy enrolled in nursing school and soon called her mother, Carolyn, with exciting news. She was pregnant. I was jumping up and down on the phone, and I knew how happy she'd be. Caitlin was born in 1999. That was what she's been dreaming of since she was a child. She finally became a mom, and she was so happy. 
to see her holding any child, but her own children in particular. She just loved them. She's never happier than when holding a baby, I think. By 2001, Tammy had her second child, Carter, finished school and got a job at the nursing home. She always wanted to be a nurse. That was her dream job. And everyone loved her there. You know, all the patients loved her, the staff loved her, and she liked it. It wasn't just a job to her. She enjoyed taking care of the people. In 2007, Tammy and Parks started building a new home for their growing family in rural Edgefield County. You can go out on the deck and enjoy the, the trees and the birds, and she enjoyed that. And just after she moved into her dream house, one more wish of Tammy's came true. She had her third baby, Cameron. And as he grew older, he always wanted to sit next to her, always be in a chair with her. Now that, that was her little buddy. With her home, career, and family, it appeared Tammy had everything she'd ever hoped for. But on this Saturday morning in September 2014, as she lay sick in bed, something seems off. For two weeks, she was really tired, sleeping. Called off work several times, and that's not like her. So I was like, you know what? Maybe it'd be a good idea if I take the kids and go to the store, just give her a peace and quiet. The mother-in-law's been wanting her lawn mowed, and Carter mows her lawn. And we need some stuff at the store. Around 10 a.m., Park pops into the bedroom to say goodbye. And it was a bright, sunny day, so the sun's coming through the windows, and she's kind of laying on her side. And I said, hey, you know, I'm taking the kids to the store. I'll be back in a little while. I hope you feel better and love you. And I leaned down and gave her a kiss on the side of the forehead. And she just smiled and just said, I love you too. And that was it. Park drops his teenage son off to mow his mother-in-law's lawn and takes his youngest to run errands at several stores. And me and a little guy, Cameron, we went and bought some stuff. I was looking for vitamins for her, maybe to help make her feel better. Then that's when I got the call when my son was done mowing the lawn. So then Park came by and picked up Carter, and they left, and I never talked to Park. At noon, Park and the boys returned to an eerily quiet home. Went into the house, and we all came up the stairs, and the bedroom door was open. I looked, I didn't see her in the bed. Well, she must be in the bathroom. Went to the bathroom, no signs. Park is surprised. He expects to find Tammy where he left her less than two hours earlier, sick in bed. And what he does find worries him. Went to the kitchen. She's not, you know, not in the kitchen. And me and my son kind of both looked at the kitchen table and we seen a note. And the note said, went for a walk, be back soon, love you. But Tammy is not back soon. Something about the note disturbs Park. Something was wrong. I already got in the car and started looking. I just had this dread to fear. She didn't just go for a walk. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. 
every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Few things are more devastating than a loved one that's gone missing. From Wondery, The Vanished is a podcast where host Marissa Jones tells stories of missing persons that have gone overlooked. She seeks out the real story from friends and family, hoping to help them find their loved ones or at least a sense of peace. Listen to The Vanished podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Are you looking for ways to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative? Gretchen Rubin is the number one best-selling author of The Happiness Project, and every week she shares insights and practical solutions in the Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast. Gretchen's co-host and happiness guinea pig is her sister Elizabeth Kraft, a Hollywood showrunner. Join Gretchen and Elizabeth as they reveal fresh insights from cutting-edge science, ancient wisdom, pop culture, and their own experiences about cultivating happiness and good habits. Every week, they offer a manageable try-this-at-home tip you can use to boost your happiness without spending a lot of time, energy, or money. Suggestions such as follow the one-minute rule, choose a one-word theme for your year, or design your summer. They also feature segments like Know Yourself Better, where they discuss questions like are you an overbuyer or an underbuyer, a morning person or a night person, abundance lover or simplicity lover. And every episode includes a happiness hack, a quick, easy shortcut to more happiness. Listen and follow Happier with Gretchen Rubin, an Odyssey podcast, available now for free on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. Thirty-seven-year-old Tammy Kingery has vanished from her house after leaving sick from her job at a nursing home. Knowing she is unwell, her husband Park is puzzled by the note she left saying she'd gone for a walk from their home in Edgefield County, South Carolina. The home is, it's a pretty big home. The driveway is kind of a long ways from the road, and so it kind of sits back up in a hill. There's no sidewalks. You know, there's just the two-lane road right there and all of the woods behind it. Going for a walk like that would have been out of character. It wouldn't have been a particularly safe place to walk. There are many places that that would be suitable to walking around the area, many paths, parks, playgrounds with tracks. 
she would have had to drive to get to one of those places. But Tammy left her car at the nursing home when Park picked her up that morning because she felt too sick to drive. If I'm feeling ill and I call my boyfriend or husband to come pick me up from work and take me home and I get in my pajamas and I get in bed, I'm not just going to get up and go for a walk. The note itself is unusual to Tammy's loved ones. She was more in the habit of sending a text message if she needed to, to tell Park something. Odder still are the other things that Tammy left behind. Everything was left in the house that you would normally take. Your purse, and your purse has your phone and your money. You know, everything that a woman has if she leaves the house. It was all just sitting right there. Fearing that something is wrong, Park doesn't wait around to see if Tammy is coming home. I panicked. I freaked out. That was not like her just to walk from the house. So I told Carter, look, watch Cameron. I'm jumping in the car. I'm going. And that's exactly what I did. I started running the roads. I made sure that she didn't try to walk to get her car. Park calls their teenage daughter, Caitlin, who is at a friend's house and urges her to help search for Tammy. I go, look, have your friend drive you around. I said, mommy's on foot somewhere and we need to find her. So they got in the car and they started driving around. And everywhere I went, there was absolutely no signs. And it was a beautiful day out. And a few people I stopped and asked, and they said, no, we didn't see nothing. It's odd that someone can go for a walk and just disappear. Coming up empty on his search of the neighborhood, Park calls his mother-in-law, Carolyn, and heads back to the house. Park called and said, I need you to get over here right away. Tammy's missing. I said, I'm in the car. I'm coming right now. I didn't ask any questions. I came back home. I'm like, maybe she went in the woods. My 13-year-old Carter, he's a Boy Scout. I sent him out in the woods. I go, hey, walk around, see if you see her. I started running through the woods, and the woods are really thick at that time of year. And I'm running you know, different directions, not seeing any signs. I could hear him calling for Tammy. I wanted to go out and look for them, even though I got a bad ankle, and I know I couldn't do a good job like somebody younger. Finding nothing in the woods, Park calls 911 around 2 p.m., four hours since he last saw his wife. Deputies from the Edgefield County Sheriff's Department come to the house and immediately attempt to locate Tammy. Her cell phone was left at the house while she went to walk, and that seemed unusual to us. Obviously, she wasn't walking anywhere in the area because that's the first place we searched, the roadways around there. While deputies drive the roads, investigators take a closer look at the Kingery home. The day she went missing, they went through the house. You know, to just look for signs of any foul play or anything. They talked to the kids the first day. We're trained to observe, you know, our surroundings, look for things that would be out of place, and nothing seemed out of place. It wasn't overly neat or overly disheveled. There was nothing to point us that there was anything that happened at the house. With no sign of Tammy walking the roads and no clues but the note at the home, the Edgefield County Sheriff's ramp up the search. We brought bloodhound tracking dogs. And a missing person, you just start with a scent 
from the person at the residence and go from there. They were French scent dogs. I had her nursing clothes she had on that morning, the steps that she had to leave the house from. So it was her very recent clothing. It should have been filled with her scent. They couldn't pick up any traces. Her scent could have very well been there and the dog just not pick it up. The sheriff's department also asked the state law enforcement agency to assist with a helicopter search. It was daylight. It was a good time to call a helicopter because they can cover more area than just a tracking team. And we saw it for quite a while, flying around looking for her. I felt like, oh, this is important, this is big. Meanwhile, since sheriff's deputies could not get a path from their bloodhounds, they fan out on foot in every direction. About 20 or 25 deputies were involved in the initial search. We put feed on just about every bit of soil around the house within a mile radius of there. We're walking through the woods in a grid pattern and there's nothing. Basically everywhere I thought she would want to go, um, either family members or the police went to. They drove down the interstate, you know, there's a hiking trail. That's a little bit of a walk to get to, but she used to walk on it. They got four-wheelers and went down it. We don't know whether she fell, got injured, is in a ditch or in a ravine, you know, injured. You got to go through everything to, to eliminate, well, is she in the woods or did she take a shortcut that she knows that, you know, through the woods. Edgefield County sheriffs issue a be on the lookout for a white female with blonde hair and start checking the few cameras in the area for people matching that description. Some of the search went as far as somebody seeing a whiskey foxtrot, which is a white female, walking on I-20 in Columbia County, which is 30 miles away. Probably at least 20 different sightings or possibilities that we checked that first day. As the sun starts to set with no indication of Tammy's whereabouts, the helicopter is grounded and the deputies stop searching the woods. I was very, very worried, but hopeful that they would find her because I felt like she couldn't get very far. But soon, Tammy's daughter Caitlin comes home and tells her dad something peculiar. Earlier in the day, she may have seen her mom on the back of a motorcycle with a strange man. It's been several hours since Tammy Kingery disappeared from her South Carolina home. Searches by her husband, Park, and local law enforcement have turned up nothing. But when her 16-year-old daughter, Caitlin, comes home from her own search with a friend, she has a story that is both promising and concerning. It was actually on our road in a different section. They were driving and this motorcycle, you know, coming at them past them and they you know they noticed a woman on the back with long blonde hair um, that looked similar to her mom she kind of felt like that's my mom that's my mom's hair she had long blonde hair sticking out of a, a helmet and somebody's got my mom my whole family rides motorcycles that's something she really enjoyed but by the time they turned around and tried to catch up to it it was gone 
you know, they turned off another road somewhere because they could not find it again. And a story recounted by a neighbor adds to the mystery. The neighbors reported hearing a vehicle between 10, 30, and 11 with a loud exhaust leaving from the direction of my driveway. Why would somebody stop? No, I think I think it was her. But in an area close to multiple highways where many people ride motorcycles, it proves to be a difficult lead to pursue. It was hard to follow up on because she just said that she thought she saw her mama on the back of a motorcycle. We checked surveillance footage in the area to see if they stopped or went in anywhere. But it was kind of hard to follow that one up. As Tammy's searchers run out of places to look, they are forced to focus on darker possibilities. Park tells investigators that his wife has been diagnosed with moderate clinical depression. Told him that, you know, she's on medication, you know, she's been having real heart, you know, problems fighting the depression. I think she kind of hid her depression. It's a sad, sad thing. Um, and you, you want to help somebody, but a lot of times they are reluctant to, to talk about it or to get the help they need. What is worse, her family says that years earlier, Tammy tried to take her own life. I was very worried. Tammy had made a prior suicide attempt, and that was my initial thought, was that she left to harm herself. Park says that her physical sickness over the last two weeks appeared to coincide with increased depression. She thought that there was no doctor that can help her and there was no medication that's going to help. In the last two weeks, she really didn't talk about it. All she really did was she wanted to sleep. I would come home from work. She would go to bed and most of the time stay there until I went to bed. She didn't feel right and she wasn't happy. So we were making sure to text more often even than normal and send funny things so that she knew that we were thinking about her and that we love her. I had not talked to her on the phone for probably a couple weeks. And that's what I was afraid it happened. I was afraid that she left to go somewhere else and harm herself. But the day comes to a close with no sign of Tammy, and Park and his children spend their first night without her. Days pass with no news of Tammy. Her family holds on to the hope of finding her alive and starts spreading her story. We made flyers and we put them out everywhere, um, gave a bunch to different people and they took them everywhere. We just went out around the area where she lived at and where she was last seen at and just started going to stores, going to wherever we could and just started putting out flyers. We knew truck drivers, you know, so we gave them stacks and you know, everywhere they went and they put flyers up. Facebook was a huge help. Now we're constantly sharing the pictures and stuff and the information. I think that the community reaction was shock. It just seemed all very bizarre. The fact that she left a note and the fact that she left all of her things behind at the house. And I think everyone thought that we were gonna find her. But with law enforcement searches coming up empty, friends and family decide to organize their own effort. We were very concerned and didn't know what to do. We'd never been in a situation like this before. A volunteer search was organized. So I flew down for that. 
The search is scheduled for the morning of Saturday, September 27th, exactly one week after Tammy went missing. Volunteers gather at a local middle school, and Tammy's family is shocked by the turnout. We had over 100-something people show up the first day, which is, to me, it was mind-blowing. And they had some that knew, that knew her, some that knew me. So I had co-workers come out. She had co-workers from her job come out. It was an amazing amount of people came out. I, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. Tammy touched a lot of lives. The community banded together to, to try to help. This was a huge, huge search effort. And so they spent the entire day and then the next day as well searching the woods within a 10-mile radius. I think we expected her to be found somewhere. Tammy's family is troubled by the prospect of what they might find. It was difficult to be on the search at all, really. Um, and I'm going to be very blunt and very realistic. <coughs> it's been seven days. So you, you know what you're going to be seeing. I couldn't not go. Amy and Tammy and I were so close that I felt like, what if I can find her and I don't go? I have to go. And you don't know what you're gonna find, but at this point, just knowing anything would be better than knowing nothing. Even if it was the worst, we wanna bring her home. The terrain of the area also makes the search difficult, but those looking for Tammy, friends, family, and strangers fan out from the middle school. We started there and just went out, spread out in groups. While searching these heavy woods, one group comes across an old overgrown shack. And as they approach, they notice a distinct smell. You know, it had a death kind of smell to it. When you're out there searching for someone, and you smell something like that, the first thing you're in your mind is like, oh my God, I hope that's not, you know, I hope that's not her. One week after Tammy Kingery's disappearance, more than 100 volunteers have organized to search the rugged terrain surrounding the mother of three's home. And one group comes across something disturbing in the woods. As we walked around, there was this horrible smell. It was one of the worst things I've ever smelled in my life. It was disgusting. It was literally death. Searchers pushed through the dense forest to get to the source of the odor. You had to climb through briars and everything to get into the shack. There was like a mattress and stuff there, like gloves and sponges. The searchers are on edge when they come across a bag. And when they open it, they discover the source of the stench, dog remains. Sheriff's deputies say they'd already heard about the shack and saw no connection to Tammy's disappearance. But her family wonders if it is a sign that there is someone dangerous in the area. It might not have anything to do with this case. That means there's some crazy person out there and they didn't even look at it. They didn't take it to see if maybe a piece of Tammy's hair was in there. I mean, who travels in the woods and fights through briars to get rid of dog remains? Whoever put that back there wanted it back there. 
After initial searches are fruitless, Park offers a $4,000 reward for information leading to the discovery of his wife's whereabouts. Meanwhile, Edgefield County sheriffs put their resources into investigating why Tammy has gone missing. Was she so depressed that she couldn't go on with her life? That's possible. Another possibility is that that someone else harmed Tammy. An investigation into whether foul play is involved starts with a close look at Tammy's belongings. You know, they came and took all the computers, financial records, you know, just to see, you know, anything that stood out. They um, went through her cell phone. They searched the phone records for several months for the cell phone and the landline to see who she was talking to and stuff. Detectives compare Tammy's cell phone with her phone records, and an intriguing discrepancy is reported. Investigators say some text messages from her phone have been deleted and they're getting a warrant to check them out. If there were text messages that were deleted from somebody, maybe somebody knew where she lived. Maybe somebody was really angry with her. Maybe there was another man involved, and he wanted her to leave her husband. Investigators are able to retrieve the deleted texts, and according to Tammy's family, they discover a series of romantic messages exchanged between Tammy and two other men. But investigators say the messages do not lead them to Tammy and decline to reveal more information. There were some text messages back and forth between somebody, but it, you know, it was all checked out, and then it turned out to you know, be nothing. And um, you know, that's as far as I'm going to go with that. Detectives now focus their attention on the people closest to Tammy. It could switch into a criminal investigation at a flip of a switch. Once we get to where we don't have any more leads as far as it being a missing person, uh, we start looking internally, family members, friends. The first person that they look to when somebody disappears is the spouse. Being the spouse and automatically the number one suspect, I was talked to several times. They went to my son's school and talked to him at school because me and my son were the last two people to really see her. I interviewed him several times at the school to make sure what he told was still the same. I went through a full interrogation after that. They tried to get me to confess to something. They were doing their job to make sure that you know I had nothing to do with it. And Park's account of his whereabouts the day Tammy went missing appears to check out. According to Park, the older child saw her at the same time, and they left to run errands. The older child left to go somewhere else. The youngest child went with the father, Park. I know that they checked surveillance footage at the stores that he shopped at. I know that he had receipts with timestamps for that morning running errands. I know that they have investigated him as they should. Everywhere he told us he went, we could verify. They got the cell phone pin signals. So they knew, like, when I was driving around looking for her, they can go by the cell signals where I was at. He was within reach of the tower that's closest to the home. But further details about Park and Tammy's relationship emerge, and those following the case have more questions. 
He spoke with our other reporter, I think, right off the bat about that it might have been a shaky relationship at some times. But I never really pegged it as a perfect relationship. It didn't seem that way from the beginning. In a couple of interviews, I think he spoke to um, her infidelity. And I guess maybe the topic of divorce came up. In fact, in an interview for a podcast called Curious Times, Park reveals that Tammy recently admitted to him that she'd had an affair years earlier. I didn't know about it until like a month or two before she left. You're the only one that knows about this affair? All other family members do. Um, it's not public, you know, I guess it's now it's public knowledge, but no, that's something the police know about it. But um, it's not real public knowledge. now. Her marriage was kind of on the rocks. And at first, you know, you're in love and everything's good. And it seemed like it lasted even until Cameron came along. But then it seemed like things were starting to be different. They just seemed to be more distant. And she had told me once that they were going to try this thing where Park lived in the basement. In the last few weeks, she was very upset, and she was saying she didn't know if they were going to be able to make their marriage work, and I had told her to give it time. Park insists that any relationship troubles were products of Tammy's depression and that their marriage was fine. I loved her more than my own life, and I did everything I could to help her, take care of her, whatever I had to do. And when she was not depressed, everything was great. When she kicked in depression, it, you know, all that changed. Talked about wanting to get divorced a few times, talked about uh, being separated. Two weeks after Tammy's disappearance, SLED, the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, completes a forensic analysis of the note. They confirm that the handwriting is Tammy's. Park's account of his whereabouts for the day Tammy vanished has been confirmed, but investigators decide to check his story out one more time. Edgefield County Sheriffs again request help from SLED. This time, they ask for an expert to administer a polygraph examination. I want to make sure that I didn't have anything to do with it. I didn't, but it was very, um, very nerve-wracking. And I said, well, you know, if your conscience is clear and you do it truthfully, you're going to be okay. But the results only complicate the case more. Tammy Kingery has been missing for weeks. Multiple searches have turned up nothing. As deer hunting season begins, the woods are no longer safe for searchers, and further efforts are put on hold. Tammy's husband, Park Kingery's whereabouts for the day she went missing have been confirmed. But information revealing a strained relationship in the days before her disappearance has started to come out. And now, Detectives want to see how he does on a lie detector test. I figured, okay, you know, it's fine. You know, that is part of the procedure. I said, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. You're just going to go through it with flying colors. And he said, I don't think so. And then I was like, why? He said, ever since I was a kid, I've been afraid of a lie detector. Park agrees to take the polygraph exam. And they went through every angle possible, 
you know, how I could have done it and stuff. And, you know, it was not fun at all. Law enforcement has not released the results of the test, and Park declines to discuss the details on camera. It was weird, but I, I was told not to talk about it. But in that same Curious Times podcast interview conducted 11 months after Tammy's disappearance, Park disclosed more. Did you take a polygraph? Yes. Did they tell you your results? Yes, they did. And um, they said it was questionable. There were some things that um, didn't seem right, but that was really the last of it. Um, and then I, they, they fully interrogated me, and then they took me home. So that was about it. It made me a little apprehensive, but I felt bad for him. But then after that, I think that he sought legal advice. After talking to the lawyer and it being an ongoing investigation, they told me that you know, not to really talk about that. All I say is really, it was a very horrible experience. I think from the very beginning, people immediately started commenting and they started um, really attacking Park. You know how people can be, especially on social media now. They've got that outlet where they can say, you know, he did it, he did it, he did it. I've learned every single word I say, especially if it's on media or anything like that, is put under a microscope. People should probably look more into a story and look at the actual facts before they would spout off and say something. The important fact is the 13-year-old seeing her at the house when I got home, he seen her in a nursing outfit, you know, when she came home, and seeing her when we left. And the door was open when we left, and the kids, all we all walked out, you know, they all seen her in the bed. More than a year has passed since Tammy Kingery left a note saying she'd gone for a walk and would be home soon. But Tammy has not come home, and her loved ones are forced to deal with all of the heartbreak connected to her disappearance. Some of the challenges have been practical, like financial struggles, leading Park to withdraw his offer of a $4,000 reward. We were a two-income family, and now her income's gone. I got three children I got to try to raise by myself, and um, I had to file bankruptcy. Carolyn has tried to step up and fill her daughter's shoes where she can. I'm seeing things that she as a mom should be seeing and taking care of things that she would be taking care of. Cameron's starting school, and he's starting to read. And I, I feel like, gosh, I, I wish Tammy was seeing this. Edgefield County sheriffs say they are still actively investigating the case and pursue every lead that comes in. For the last year, we've had numerous leads come in. Good leads, bad leads. Right now, they're all bad leads because they didn't lead us to her. We're continuing it as a missing person at this point, but also we are looking at other aspects of something else may have happened to her. Investigators believe they have searched the region extensively and that Tammy's body is not there. I know that we've searched, and I know that the volunteers have searched, and if we've searched again, you know, just in case somebody missed something. But Tammy's family is concerned that there are still places to be explored. There are multiple small bodies of water and one relatively large lake that are close by within a mile or two of the home. No water that I know of has been searched. So, you know, why not search the closest waters around here? 
if she, you know, accidentally or intentionally went into a body of water, you know, we've had enough experience to where after a certain amount of time, she's gonna float. Watching Tammy's kids grow up without their mom has been excruciating for family members. I get asked the questions, when she coming home? How did she get lost? And I worry about that. We don't talk about it very much. And I try not to show that I'm get, I'm upset about it. So I'm, I'm very proud of all of them that, you know, there's how strong they are. You know, everyone keeps telling me how oh, I'm strong. I know, you know, they're, they're the ones that are strong. I just try to keep it together. But the hardest part for everyone has been the fear that they may never get answers. It's been a year now and absolutely no evidence of anything. No word, no phone calls. The possibility of her never being found is high. This is very well what my life's going to be. You know, I just want her to come home. It's extremely hard. She's my daughter. You can't fully grieve because you don't know what has happened. What if she's out there somewhere and someone's holding her from everyone and we gave up? And the people closest to her say that of all the possibilities of what happened, the idea that Tammy just walked away is unfathomable. The most important thing to Tammy were her kids. She wouldn't leave them. If she wanted to leave her marriage, she could come to me or she could come to Amy. We were close enough that she would know without even having to ask. She wouldn't leave us in this, this limbo of not knowing where she is or what happened to her. With over a year passing and no one finding her remains, the possibility that Tammy hurt herself seems unlikely. How do you walk more than 10 miles from your home and then commit suicide and your body's never found? That's a possibility, I guess. But no one sees you walking. No one finds any clues. I think that's a very limited possibility. My opinion is that there has to be a third party. I think somebody knows where she is. My personal opinion is that that depression kicked in and she had the urge to leave. And that's exactly what she did. Every few minutes, a car goes down this road. Somebody had to see something. Maybe she was walking along the road and, and someone drove by and committed a crime of opportunity. I, that's totally possible. Did someone who, who knew her harm her? That's another possibility that you have to consider. If somebody saw something and hasn't called us or hasn't contacted us, call us. And that is exactly what Tammy's family is hoping for, that someone comes forward with information that can bring them Tammy or bring them answers. I find it very, very odd that someone would just disappear without a trace, that there's nothing to follow and no one knows anything. Somebody saw something. Somebody knows something. If you have any information about Tammy Kingery or her disappearance, please contact the Edgefield County Sheriff's Office at 
5337. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Nickelodeon was kid everything. But that marked one of the darkest chapters. Three predators worked at Nickelodeon. It made me wonder who was being hurt. Quiet on set. An ID true crime event. Sunday, March 17th at 9. On ID and stream on Max.